Hi, this is Mark again. This is podcast number four. Today, I am sitting here with Denise, actually someone that does not want to be anonymous. She's a professional artist, uh, as a singer, songwriter. She's been writing for a number of years. Uh, she lives in New Jersey. Uh, she might consider putting some music up on Love Appy. Um, and we're going to spend a little time uh, explaining exactly what Love Appy is and how artists can take advantage of it. And then we're going to get into a little bit of Denise's love life uh, and uh, things that she's gone through in life. Denise, thanks for coming tonight. We're at one of your favorite pizza parlors. What is the name of this place? Edison Pizza in Edison, New Jersey. Edison Pizza, yeah. <laughs> they were so nice. We're sitting in the back here and, um, you know, nice, nice surroundings. And they were so gracious to let us come back here. Uh, we, you know, we bought a pizza for the laundromat, so we're doing some business with them. But I hope that if anybody's listening to this and they live in the Edison area or they're passing through Edison, that you'll uh, bring some business to Edison Pizza. Thanks for that. Uh, so, Denise, tell me about yourself. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in a small town in upstate. Well, it's not really upstate. Suburbia, New York. It's. I always say upstate because I lived in Staten Island, and when you're there, it's proximity to mm -hmm. it's considered upstate but it's a small town i grew up in sleepy hollow new york um i had a very creative childhood outdoorsy girl scouts i mean everything that you could think creative i did painted wow. um music i started singing gosh maybe eight years old in church my parents had me in the church choir and it was a little town i grew up in also a very small town feel I mean, we used to do things like run outside in our bathing suits in the rain, and it was comfortable. It was, mm. a, it was a very good early beginning. Um, you know, I got married a little later than usual. Most girls my age had already been married. So I got married, and I was 33, had a baby at 35, got married, got divorced. And uh, really, just now, I'm just finding my way more with music. I mean, I kind of put it aside when I was raising my son because I wanted to focus mostly on being a mom. And my ex-husband is also a musician, so he kind of had that role for a while. But I've been divorced now since, oh gosh, 2014, and I'm really just coming into my own with music. I mean, I would say that music saved me during my divorce because it became the channel for all my emotions, mm -hmm. and now it's just taking off to a place where everything I write, I want to write it and put it on the guitar. Well, that's great. So, uh, as you know that we've discussed uh, with Love Happy, we think that Music is a communication source. We also yes. think it's a free speech source. Uh, but in this case with Love Appy, which is a dating app, uh, we think that people can communicate with each other more clearly through the depth of a poet or uh, a songwriter with music because um, it's just the way the world works. I mean, I've dated so many women that have been so involved with the lyrics of songs, I felt like I had to get to know mm -hmm. the bands mm -hmm. that they were really attached yeah. to. So do you think you have music that can move people? I think I have music that can move people, that people can relate to. And I would absolutely agree with that, that music is a communicator. From the way you stomp your feet when you go up the steps, that's a sound. I was a cheerleader also, so there goes the stomping. It's like right. a drum. You know, there's, there's, it's, it's an incredible thing when you just sense people because of when you know sound you know right. I could close my eyes and it's almost like I have eyes in my ears is the best way that I could explain it do you think sound brings the best of us across absolutely without a doubt but it also brings the worst of us too because if you're down and out and you listen to a sad song too if you can't focus on the sad stuff when you're down because it will bring you you know bring it to the bad place right you have to listen to what's appropriate for you at the time yeah yeah that makes sense 
I guess different types of music for different types of people. Definitely, but for situations also, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to be, if you want to wake up in the morning and you put something really heavy and rocking on the radio, you get to work, you want to come down a little, so then you got to put on something mellow. You can't always stay in one direction with your music. Yeah, I'm a little weird. I, I wake up to the Star Spangled Banner, <laughs> but that's just me. That's not weird. <laughs> I kind of like that idea. Anyway, <laughs> I went camping not long ago. And uh, as a joke, I woke the person up in the next tent with the Star Spangled Banner. That's a good one, though. Yeah. I like, I like the theme song from Rocky when I'm working out. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Certain I mean, songs get you pepped up and, and ready to go. Could you make a song like Rocky? Do you think I could you do could... definitely because I'm definitely, because I was a cheerleader, so I'm definitely into peppy, happy, like promote people type music. Yeah, that was very or- orchestral, uh, the Rocky theme. Yes. And so many uh, motivating songs are orchestral. I hope that comes back. Uh, from live musicians. Uh, I think we need that. I think it will. It's like a power ballad of sorts, you know? Right. It's got that whole uplifting theme to it, you know? Right. Do you think other musicians might be interested in sending up their music to Love Happy? I mean, we have a 60-40 split. We charge $1.99. Mm. The person receiving the song gets a copy of the song. The person sending the song gets a copy of the song. And then the $1.99, we split. The musician gets 40% and Love Happy gets 60%. Uh, of course, we're concerned with copyright. We're concerned with protecting mm. original music. Mm. Uh, but I think that this might be a revenue uh, stream if we can build our audience of people that are out there dating. Yeah. And if we can do a proper job introducing the music. I think it's a fabulous idea and I feel like as a musician I've got nothing to lose with it. I mean I've only got something to gain and why not? If there's so many new avenues to get your music out there today, being iTunes and whatever else, I mean I don't see why anybody would say no to it. I think it's refreshingly new and it's also very creative and I, I just I get goosebumps about it because it just feels like it's the right time like right now. It's good for the time. Right. I think what we're gonna do as well, and I'm, I'm positive this is what we're gonna do, as we build uh, a good amount of artists into it and we keep track through data collection of who's the most popular artist we're mm. introducing to our audience who's, uh, which songs are being uh, sold the most we'll probably do for dating events small venue concerts mm. which people that are interested in dating each other or even couples can show up and listen to these original artists perform three five songs whatever we can and of course compensate the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. artists because mm-hmm. that's the most important thing yeah. we can't have artists that are starving in this world right we right. have to we have to compensate them so they keep writing yes and so we can get some great music that changes the world it's wonderful and it's wonderful exposure all kinds of exposure that you're you're thinking of doing and I just I think that for someone like me who's been kind of stifled I feel kind of stifled as an artist because I kind of did it to myself in some ways just being in the marriage and focusing on being a mom but you can get stifled very easily and your voice really needs to be heard or else you don't feel good it comes down to you can get physically unwell if you're not heard when you're an artist oh really yes I didn't know that for for me, it has been manifesting as stomach aches, as TMJ in my jaw. Oh, really? Because when you sing, you're using your, you know, you're dropping your jaw certain notes. And, right. it, and, and that's why I also believe that everyone should take a singing lesson if they're having trouble breathing, if they're having any tension in their face. Hmm. Because you learn that the techniques that you learn are very transferable into daily life. 
Yeah, I, I sang once on a cruise ship uh, only because I was very unhappy with the girl I was on a cruise with. And I knew I had a horrible voice, so it was used as a weapon. And believe me, it can take, it can clear a room. <laughs> That's funny. So I don't know if I would take any singing lessons. <laughs> we just, for, just for the breathing aspect of it. <laughs> yeah, the breathing aspect. Yeah. I cannot carry a note. So, oh, that's funny. Anyway, since we're talking about Love Appy, and most of our interviews have been focused about love and you know yeah. where people are in love, can we have a short discussion about your love life? Of course we can. <laughs> was there one guy that you missed out on? The guy that I missed out on was the guy that I divorced. Um, he was oh, my soulmate. Beautiful. And he probably, know, he knows it, and he is also a musician. And I think what happened with, I know what happened with us is we just couldn't play together anymore. And when you can't play together anymore, you can't be in a relationship together. So well, what brought you to the point where there were no notes that you could share? Financial difficulty, financial stress. He lost his job, but we lost our home. He was laid off. So when all that, pardon my language, shit hit the fan, it just, you know, we, we held it together for as long as we could. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it, it drains you. And, and we have a child and it just didn't, it couldn't, it couldn't work. You know, families had to get involved to help. And then there's pride. And I'm a very proud person. Mm-hmm. I come from Italian, Irish, Polish, German, Lithuanian. I'm very proud. Don't mess with you. <laughs> Don't mess with me. <laughs> no, I'm the nicest person you would ever meet. Right. But I'm very blunt and direct and to the point if you mess with me. You know, our, <laughs> our episode number two, I believe I was talking to a Broadway actor, mm-hmm. also an artist. And he brought up the fact uh, that he worked as a fishmonger, mm. he he had a bunch of different jobs. Mm. And I said, "Well, did your wife ever care mm. that you didn't have a job?" He says, "I always had a job mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it would have been the end of it." It wasn't that way with my ex and I because I wanted him to pursue music only because I knew that when your passion is not being pursued, it affects the relationship. Now there were times where I'd be like, "Oh, another band that's not going to pay you great," and roll my eyes because the kid needs to eat. But at the same time, I knew because I was an artist myself, un you know, not working in the crafts, knowing what it feels like if you don't have the thing that you love that you need to do. You can't work a regular job then. You have to combine it with, at least for us at the time, that's how it was. And if he had said to me, I'm going on tour, I would have said, "Uh uh-oh. But then I would have been like, yes, that's what you need. Right. Has he played for some big bands? He hasn't lived up to his potential, unfortunately. He had one band that was really great. They were a Zeppelin tribute band called Custard Pie, and they Mm -hmm. were really something. Wow. And they played at Woodstock for that little reunion thing that oh, they have wow. up there. Yeah. And I know that was his moment of glory, but he really, the hardest thing has been the politics of the band and who's got a life and whose wife doesn't like it and who's a Yoko Ono type, you right. know? So it's sad in a way, but because he's, he could just pick up anything and play it. However, he can't sing. And that okay. was our, he always used to say that to me. Well, you can sing. Well, you can sing. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, okay, I can sing. But it got to be kind of, I think, a thing for him. Well, I hope that the two of you find your sound, since he's your soulmate. I think that we've it's run its course. I know that right. it's run its course, and, and I'm not open to that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not as sad as it sounds, because it's very freeing for me. And it, right. it I mean, I'm, I'm a believer in never closing a door, but right now it's shut pretty much. It's not locked, but it's shut. I can understand your point as a woman. I think my ex-wife wrote the song Good Riddance right, <laughs> right when our <laughs> marriage ended. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Don't you come back no more. Yeah, we're good friends, and I'm sure you're good friends with we your are. ex. Well, we're we're working it out. Let's put it that way. We're yeah. working it out good. for the son, for our son. Good. You want to get into anything deep about your relationship? If you'd like, yeah, I could get into something. Tell me the history of your relationship. Okay. And what happened? Okay. Your fault, his fault. Addiction on both our parts. Mm-hmm. For me, um, 
thank goodness it never really went anything deeper than food. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I guess, binging, not purging, but binging and eating to feel alive. And I woke up so many times and would lose weight and then gain weight. And I've lost 110 pounds twice in my life. Wow. This last time it stuck. And I, I'm proud to say that I've broken the cycle of addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's food, it's tough because you need to eat to live. But I've learned a lot about myself through that. Now, for him, there's other addictions. I understand. And to go into them without him here is not really no. something I wish to do. But he definitely would say, too, that he had a food thing. I mean, because we would eat together. You know, we're eating buddies, mm-hmm. you know, cope through food. And I think we met and we fell in love through our pain more than anything. And then, you know, the highs and the lows, the joys and everything else. Sometimes it just didn't, it just didn't work after a while. What in particular was a deep pain that you felt? What was your deep pain? My pain mostly was that I couldn't fix myself or anybody else. And I learned to fix from a very young age because I felt my parents were always trying to fix me because I had anxiety from from the age of 14. Right. Did anything bring that anxiety on? Yeah, I had a girlfriend who I was close with in school and she tried to kill herself. And that was a trigger for me because I just didn't know. I was already struggling as new new in high school, not knowing my finding my way. Middle school was so good. I was so smart in school. And just it was such a change to be 14 in a new school, even though it was a small town. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it rocked my world that when that happened and I would just went really down really low. But I, you know, I just struggled with anxiety mostly, you right. know. So it wasn't your life. It was someone else's life that you were uh, empathizing it with. It was, but it was also my family too at the time. Both my parents suffer from anxiety and, and there's, there's all kinds of mental illness in my family. So right. it was yeah. a, like a double whammy. Well, looking at society today, I think that there's a lot of mental illness. Thank God for the people that are normal out there. Yeah. That uh, I guess maybe keeps us all together. Well, you know what I've come to realize, Mark, that everybody has a sort of mask on. And then I call it, I told my son, I explained it, it's a mental mental illness mask, whether you're diagnosed with something or not. If you're depressed one day, your mask is on. If you're anxious one day, but it's not who we really are. So there's no one who's not addicted to thinking. Thinking is is an addiction. So even for me, over food, thinking became more so than anything else because it just was something that I could do to feel comforted. I'd have a voice telling me something, not in a schizophrenic kind of way, just in a normal way, whatever I was doing, that soundtrack, that voice, excuse me, was always there. And I had to learn to meditate, to sit in my room and be still for one hour every day. That was just the strict beginnings I had. To see that th- that voice goes and comes and goes just like anxiety comes and goes, just like depression comes and goes. Right. To break that addiction. Did you have different types of binges? Um, such as what? I don't know. Just with food, mostly. No, but I mean, was there like uh, a dessert binge at I night? I had certain things I loved. Oh my goodness, salty. Anything salty. I would eat a t- giant can of Pringles... Mm-hmm. And then eat some more. Did you rationalize over eating? No, I always knew it was the wrong thing to do, so I beat myself up about it. That which is, right. you know, that's hard too. Did you eat in public, or did you? I would. I ate in public, but I was nervous—a nervous eater. I would pick at my food. I wouldn't think somebody might be watching me. You know, right. anytime I was going to binge eat, I would do it in front of my ex-husband. It wasn't a problem because we did it together. Right. So did he start binge eating because he wanted to be like you? No, he binged. He was had trouble before me with his upbringing. He okay. had his own issues that caused him to gain and lose weight also. He was more like a woman with his weight. He was always very sensitive about his weight. Okay. 
and he's up on stage, so right. You know, he's playing a guitar, and he wants to be that tall, thin rock and roll star. Sure, there's a persona. Right. You know. Right. Well, that's interesting. Well, when was the first time you noticed that you were binging or that you oh, were overeating? Goodness. Was there an embarrassing 14, moment 15. when you were a kid? Embarrassing, so many. I mean, I would just sneak into the kitchen at night. My mother would yell. She'd hear me in the other room. She, hey, who's in the kitchen? What are you doing? Put that away. And those things just kind of stick with you. I had a grandmother who was really tough on me. Mm-hmm. She called me names sometimes. And Ugh. there was one time I remember <laughs> at her house on a holiday, I wouldn't try the Miracle Whip mayonnaise because we usually had Hellman's. And I was very fussy also as a child. Mm-hmm. And she called me an asshole. And I remember that very vividly. That's terrible. It was terrible. And my, my, my parents thought it was terrible, but my mother couldn't stand up to my grandmother. My father did, though. My father did, and and I remember crying on the porch. It was Easter Sunday, and she was a a good woman, but she just had her moments, you know? Right. She had her moments. Right. Anyone else insulting like that, or...? I was always insulted growing up. I mean, when I would cry, they would make fun of me. They used to say, um... He used to point at me and say, look, she's doing one eye, because I cried with one eye open. Oh. I mean, I was always a sensitive child, I guess, because right. of the music and for whatever reason. And, and yeah, you know, they had nicknames. They called me the witch in my house growing up. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was rough. Hence when the I was witch's younger. ball. <laughs> the witch's ball, yes, the <laughs> right. meetup. Mm-hmm. Right, there's a witch's ball, which I'm going to place on the Trail Shrinks website, I promise you. Mm-hmm. I haven't had the time, but it's I will. Okay. Um, yes, because I am part of a um, excellent meetup group. Right. What's the name of that one? It is called um, Separated and Divorced Social Meetup. Awesome. Awesome. And I always try to promote other meetups. Uh, and I always ask other meetups to try to promote us. And we get the big hang up. But <laughs> you're helping us out and I appreciate it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good thing. And it's all the stuff I'm talking about has come full circle for me. I know that my family, it was just an inherited thing. And I, don't, I, I forgive very easily and especially through this meditation I understand that some of it they had no choice and where we've got a healthy relationship now everyone in my family they're very loving people yeah meditation has been suggested to me so many times Mm. but personally I feel like I'm always meditating that's true it's supposed to transfer into life there has to be a point where you're not sitting in your bedroom I mean I was just really bad with my thoughts I had to force myself to be so disciplined but now I don't do it as much because I'm talking to you right now in a meditative state if I'm really here and present, that's meditation. Right, right, cool. Yeah, I, I uh, my career as a roofer uh, is so peaceful mm-hmm. because it's so physical. Yeah. There's really no time to really waste mm-hmm. uh, on thinking about stupid things. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. it's just like, oh man, yeah, that hurts. Oh, it's, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's right. Like a, it's like a constant massage of pain. It's like you better be aware or else you fall off the roof. Yeah, you, you know? better be aware. <laughs> a, you're, you're there. You're in the moment, they right, say. Right, right. So let's get back to uh, talking about um, growing up. Okay. 14, 15, we know you had a friend who tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother seems to have been someone that uh, found insult as a way of motivation, or did she just want to hurt you? She just had her own issues. You know, she didn't want to hurt me because she was, other times, she was so loving and giving. She just had some deep issues, you know? Right. Know that now. I didn't know that then, of course. That brings me to the subject of parents. I mean, you're a parent, uh, I'm a parent. What about your parents? How were they? Well, they were also, when I say the things I said before about the one eye and the witch, that was my parents doing that. That wasn't right for my grandmother. That was my family And life. even though they would probably be joking with you, it hurt you? Yeah, I was that sensitive. I am that sensitive. And that's part of being an artist. 
Right. Man, my kids are screwed then because I joked around with them so much. It depends. It depends on the personality. It depends on how you, how you in context, you know, there's, there's, there were times that they joked and I laughed, but I right. guess it was just as I was changing through puberty, those tough times. And that was the same age as my 14, my girlfriend's, you know, hurting herself. It was the timing of it all. Because mm. prior to, I used to laugh with them. We, I used to joke with them too. It's, it's just, it's, you know, when you go through the hormonal changes, every man, woman, any stage, it's, it's, it's rough. Right. Well, since you got on the subject of men okay. and women, <laughs> which do you prefer? Uh, men. Okay. And how's your dating life going? It's interesting right now. I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, good. <laughs> it's a positive interesting. Oh, that's good. I see a big smile on your face, so. Yeah, there's someone that I'm interested in and, and. I just want to take it really slow for oh, the first good. time. I'm, I'm doing it the way that it's smart. And, um, you know, I think about him a lot and he kind of came back into my life or I kind of brought him back in and he's a, just a really, I want to say safe guy, but safe is never sexy. So I'm not going to say that. Right. He's just, I don't even know what it is about him. He's easy. He's easy to talk to. Mm -hmm. He seems very, I don't know him that well to tell you the truth, but I feel like I know him kind of. Okay. So it, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a good thing. Oh, good. That's good. I wish you the best of luck with that. Thank you. That's, that sounds exciting. It is exciting. Yeah, I, I personally have about 12 different text message uh, love affairs going on, <laughs> none of which are returned, but I'm hoping that they're being absorbed. <laughs> you make me laugh. You're funny. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I think after a certain point of dating, I've been out dating for 20 some years you know you just sometimes you just stop or just don't worry about it yeah but there is a loneliness uh epidemic sure out there and i'm, I'm hoping that love happy will help alleviate some mm. loneliness mm. bring people closer mm -hmm. together so uh what songs have you been writing lately well i have this one song that i've been working on for the longest time and it's this it's the one that just keeps coming back to me in different riffs different forms and even now it's not finished the lyrics have been done mm -hmm. and i wrote it for my ex-husband when we were reconciling last year nice and i would say it's the most important song to me right now nice because even though we're not together it's still it's just, I don't know, for me it's just powerful. It just feels good. Do you want him to find love? I hope he finds love because I want him to feel whole again. And I want our son to have two good parents. Mm -hmm. He has two good parents. I want him to have see his father with the joy, the deep down good heart that I know he has. I want my son to experience that. Well, I hope that if your husband hears this podcast that he'll... Ex-husband. Ex-husband. <laughs> we should just make that clear. Right. Uh, we should all have little X's on our foreheads. <laughs> um, but I hope that he'll hear this podcast and then he'll step up and bring some of his music with a partner uh, to where to love Appy. So he can make some money. I hope he does. He's a fabulous writer. He hasn't really written many songs, but he does. He, it could, it be, could be so easy for him if he could just take the plunge. So I don't know. I had a crazy idea a couple of weeks ago. So um, I, I stopped hiking for a while. So I joined this acting meetup and, and I was in this acting meetup and people were all excited because they said, oh, you're such a natural and so forth. So one of the women in the meetup was actually in the original Archie's band. Wow. You know, which was one of the first like corporate type bands that they put together. So I was brainstorming. I'm saying, geez, you know, we have to really get Love Appy off the ground. I kind of almost want to create an Archie's type band.
band for Love App, you get a Love Appy sound going. You know, real corny. Sounds awesome, actually. You know, real corny. Yeah. You know, state of the art. Like, and now it's the, you know, whatever. The Lovers, the Lovebirds, whatever. Right, right, right. Whatever sort of name yeah. I come up with. Because I, I just, even though I don't get music, like I can't perform it. When I was a kid, I never knew the names of the mm-hmm. songs, nor did I know the artist names. Really? I would still have my... Naugahyde square, rectangle square radio by my side oh, with, sure. the, with the metal antenna that came out of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I would listen to music all night long because as a kid, not a, not now, but as mm. a kid, I could not sleep. Mm. I was always nervous, always, you know, one eye open. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I listened to music, you know, Michael Jackson, all the great classics of the 70s, the 60s. Yeah. Uh, didn't really get into the 80s because I was working by then. But I loved the music and just the sound of it. The next day, I could never remember the lyrics. You know, I, you yeah, know if I were yeah. out in a playground, I'm, you know, I couldn't say, oh, did you hear the Rolling Stones? I, I had no idea. Interesting, yeah. But I really love the music, and I think that, in a way, uh, the music and the lyrics moved my life in a certain direction. Sure. And I don't think we have enough of that now. So I want Love Happy to do that with Love Happy Radio. I want people to tune in and hear yeah. people like you. Yeah. And... Uh, Maybe you can give them a sample of your music right now. Sure. I'd love to do that. Just explain what the song means first. Okay. Well, the song was written, like I said before, um, during the time of knowing that I wanted my ex to come home and I wanted another chance for us to reconcile. It was kind of a pleading song telling him, come home. Let's try again. Mm -hmm. Great. Great. Can we hear it? I'll let you get kind of get tuned up. I can play some of it, yeah. Because like I said, it's a work in progress. I mean, so I can definitely play you a little bit. Okay. Let me hold your mic for you. you. We'll hear you uh, sing and play. Now, she's playing a small little guitar. What kind of guitar is this? It's a Yamaha. It's a little travel guitar. It's a little Yamaha travel guitar. It's it's a full guitar. It's just a smaller size for travel. It's a great little... She's just tuning up, folks. Yeah, she's tuning up. I'm slow when I tune up just because it really helps me get focused. A lot of musicians will tune up really quick, but I enjoy the process, so I'm a little flat there. I'm almost ready. I'm going to do it. You ready? Because the heart it wants to be Sing soft and let me know Sing soft The heart it wants to be seen a little off because of that last, that string down there that I snapped and broke. I can't believe it, but you get the idea. It's sing soft, but sing soft, but loud and free. Sing soft because the heart it wants to be seen with eyes that love with, from all the glory above. And that's the gist of it. I, I hope we'll hear the song uh, when it's finalized. I hope you can too. And I hope you can motivate some other musicians to step up and bring their music to us. I really wanted it to be a message, you know. I think music has a message, and it, 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 if it resonates with people, and that's that's a positive thing. And this song was really meant to talk to him and tell him, it's okay, come home, we'll try again. And, you know, the last line of the song is like, you pick me up, we drive back home. Oh. Because that's, you know, it comes full circle. And I, I, 
broke, broke the string, I think that was meant, I was meant to do that. If I break a string, I was meant to do that. Okay. I've always feel very strongly about things. And so maybe I, what I was meant to do is complete the song and then play it in its entirety. So that, because it's a beautiful piece. Sure, we can get together again. I'd love to hear it. It'd be awesome. What's your favorite artist? <sighs> well, the Beatles, John Lennon. I mean, it's hard to pick just one. I like Amy Winehouse. I like Karen Carpenter. I like Natalie Merchant. Um, you know, the Stones. I like a lot of um, doo-wops because my father listened to doo-wop. So right. I'm very, I like harmonies, like the Eagles. Right. It's hard to just pick a favorite, but, you know, because it all matters to me. It's all important. So I could right. never say just one. Well, interestingly enough, we're going to be interviewing Karen Carpenter, but not the <gasps> Karen. Karen Carpenter. <laughs> I was going to say, she's coming back from the dead. No. <laughs> That'd be really something. I go to a particular <laughs> bank, and whenever I'm making a deposit, there's a woman there. Her name is Karen Carpenter, awesome. and she's a customer. But I usually joke around at the counter, yeah. and she's like laughing hysterical constantly. So I, I, I turned to her and uh, said, hey, you know, I'd like to interview you. And and it turns out that, you know, she, we're going to have a pretty serious interview. Yeah. Uh her daughter was just shot in July. Oh my goodness! Uh, by supposedly her boyfriend. Oh so my goodness! It should be a pretty good podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So sad. But I wanted to thank you for coming here uh, tonight and taking your time to meet me for the first time, mm-hmm. and also to you know step up and try to perform with your guitar. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to to hearing the song in its entirety. Well, thank you. And I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity. I mean, you really don't get these kinds of opportunities often. And when they come to you, you just have to be gracious. But I'm a gracious person. I feel that I've lived a blessed life. And up to this point, I've been very thankful and grateful for everything I have. And even for the things that I've lost, because when you lose, you, it, it makes you go deeper, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I really feel pleased. And, and I want to thank you again, because this was just a really good thing. It was a really cool thing to meet you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay. All right, good night. Good night.